So I not to turn this into what will effectively be a legal podcast. <laughs> we're already we're, it's already true crime podcast. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we're already halfway there. Welcome to Tech Tales. I'm Corbin Davenport. And I'm Cody Toombs. And today we're back for part five of Internet Explorer. We're not, we're nowhere close to being done with this. <laughs> much like Internet Explorer itself. Yeah, it's, there's, there's so much to talk about and I've, I've, I'm already filtering out a lot of stuff, but uh, the last time we were here, we were talking about the antitrust lawsuit between Microsoft and the United States government getting underway, which was a pretty big deal. And it was mostly focused on this question of, is Internet Explorer a core Windows function? Because if it's not, then Microsoft bundling Internet Explorer with Windows is incredibly anti-competitive. But if it is a core component, then it's fine. So picking up where we left off in March of 2000, the Department of Justice and U.S. states were getting pretty close to a deal to settle the lawsuit. So this settlement that they were working on would have stopped the anti-competitive Windows licensing rules. So all the stuff we've talked about where like Microsoft was like, you can't have Windows if you're selling a competing product or you can't bundle a Office Suite with your PC if you want Windows, like all this stuff we've talked about in, in many other episodes. Um, and also the deal would have had Microsoft making a version of Windows without Internet Explorer. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a few months later, on June 7th, 2000, Judge Thomas Penfield Jackson, who was the judge overseeing the main antitrust lawsuit, issued his Remedies decision, which called for Microsoft to be split into two companies with severe business conduct restrictions. So he was like, no, no, that's not good enough. We need to, we need to fully split up Microsoft. Basically, his idea was that one of the companies would handle Windows, and then the other company would be everything else Microsoft owns, which included like Microsoft Office and Internet Explorer and all that stuff. I don't know if he said this, but in a lot of the reporting about this, uh, the theoretically broken up Microsoft was referred to as baby bills, which is... Like, oh, yeah, joke, joking about uh, when the bell system was broken up in the 80s, the companies were called baby bells and obviously Bill Gates. Yeah, which is very yeah, I'd funny. completely forgotten that. Also, that decision would have forced all of the companies to follow a bunch of restrictions for the first three years, which included. Microsoft having to use the same pricing model for all Windows customers. Microsoft wouldn't be able to have contracts that prevented competing products from being featured. So like they couldn't block Netscape from being added to the desktop on new Windows PCs, which is what they were doing in some cases. And uh, PC makers would be allowed to alter Windows in pretty significant ways. So maybe a little bit more like Android today. That could have been interesting. Yeah, I I could see the first one 
it, you know, the anti-competitive nature of it, it was pretty shady. The modification of Windows, yeah. It, can you imagine how bad things would have been if that one really passed? Like, PC manufacturers already ruin Windows without oh, touching yeah. any of the code. Yeah, the pre-installed stuff is just off-the-wall horrible. And also, oh, we had and... uh, we had iTunes for Windows by this point, and that was included <laughs> on some PCs. That was real rough. Yeah. Well, and then... The drivers that some companies installed, I I had some of the worst experiences buying <laughs> buying a laptop for my mom once because the drivers HP, I think it was an HP laptop, the, the drivers they installed were just horrifically evil. So yeah, it's it, this is the stuff that they did with what they were just allowed to pre-install. Imagine if they could have actually fully modified Windows. So that was the judge's decision that Microsoft would get broken up and then also have a bunch of rules. Microsoft appealed that and it was granted on a stay of all decisions until the appeal was heard. So basically nothing happened for the moment while it was being reviewed by a different court. Um, I think it could have gone up to the U.S. Supreme Court, but they declined to hear the case. So the decision stayed at the um, appeal courts. So can you think of what might have happened on January 20th, 2001, Cody? Uh, January 20th, 2001? Yeah, so not, not, not the main thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I... It's like, okay, wait, that was months later. <laughs> um, January 20th, 2001. Um, uh, let's see. That's, I don't have any distinct memory of something Internet Explorer related. It's true. This wasn't, or Microsoft this wasn't strictly Microsoft related. This was uh, Inauguration Day for George W. Bush. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, we're going to there we are sure yes so uh he became the 43rd president of the united states and this is slightly relevant because bush said during his presidential campaign that he didn't fully agree with the antitrust lawsuit against microsoft and the idea of breaking up the company uh complete shocker (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh he said at one point quote I stand on the side of innovation, not litigation. What I am worried about is if this company were to be broken up, this engine of change and this engine of growth. uh, It is funny when you think about how politics has changed, and I won't won't get too specific in what I mean by that. But, uh, yeah, it is interesting to see them on the side of tech. Um, but with that said, yeah, you got to figure Microsoft probably lobbied the living crap out of everybody involved and he was probably friendlier. (laughs) Yeah. And again, like that, that statement is just complete nonsense. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, the the problem here is that there wasn't innovation. (laughs) The problem was that they were stifling innovation, but that's fine, George. So because he said that on the campaign trail, there was like 
a lot of people who are thinking that this lawsuit would just quietly go away after he became president. Um, so much so that some of the U.S. states involved in the suit said after that election that they would keep legal pressure on Microsoft if the federal government wasn't pushing for it anymore. So this was a this was a kind of a concern at the time that the new president coming in would have would have derailed all of this. Um, thankfully, uh, he didn't need to derail it. It kind of derailed itself. So George W. Bush was elected in January 2001. The next month, the D.C. Court of Appeals called out Judge Jackson for violating judicial ethics. So this is the this is the fun twist in the in the legal stuff. Judge Jackson had been interviewed by news reporters before his verdict. And in those interviews, he actually said like what the result would be to the reporters under embargo, which basically for anyone who doesn't like work in news, that means that the judge was telling the reporters stuff about the ruling before it happened under the like promise that they would not tell anyone, which is still not good. Yeah, that's a ballsy move. So they didn't like that, and they also didn't like that Judge Jackson had, like, really not liked Microsoft in public for the entire length of this trial. Uh, he's, there's a bunch of quotes from him about Microsoft that are kind of funny. At one point, he compared Microsoft executives to drug traffickers and gangland killers. <laughs> Oh, wow. It, you almost need to start talking about roaming bands of uh, street thugs yeah. rooting phones. Like, yeah, like, we're into the... <laughs> like, Microsoft's bad. I don't think that's the descriptor I would have used for any of these people. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah, sure. Let's, let's, let's pretend that they are violent criminals who are, who are running around affecting your bits <laughs> i guess i guess this is what happens when we have like a tech lawsuit at like the height of the war on drugs discourse it's like oh everyone oh, bad yeah. is a drug trafficker <laughs> sure so uh chief justice harry edwards on the appeals court said quote we don't run off our mouths in a pejorative way the system would be in shambles if all judges did that Good heavens, is that what judges do? They take preferred reporters in? Quote. So I, I think their their issue was mostly with the the telling reporters what the verdict would be before the verdict was done, but also kind of just everything else too. The reason they're mad is because this judge uh he 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 told everyone before those Congress people got a chance to sell their stock. <laughs> yeah but no i mean as much as that sounds like a joke it's true that's that's exactly why all of them are pissed because they they had some inclination of what was going to happen whereas the stock market hadn't necessarily reacted yet so a few months later the court of appeals overruled judge jackson's decision to break up microsoft the court upheld that microsoft violated antitrust laws in its efforts to protect its monopoly but the Department of Justice had failed to prove many of its arguments about Internet Explorer. Um, so I'm going to read part of the court opinion. It says, quote, 
The trial judge engaged in impermissible contracts by holding secret interviews with members of the media and made numerous offensive comments about Microsoft officials in public statements outside of the courtroom, giving rise to an appearance of partiality. Although we find no evidence of actual bias, we hold that the actions of the trial judge seriously tainted the proceedings before the district court and called into question the integrity of the judicial process. Quote. Fun little quick fact after that... A decision came out. Uh, Microsoft's stock price jumped 2.25% and briefly shut down NASDAQ <laughs> from all the trading. <laughs> so a few months after that, uh, on August 24th, 2001, Microsoft released Windows XP, which is important for a bunch of reasons. But for this story, it's important because it shipped with Internet Explorer 6. So we're up to IE6. Uh, possibly the most infamous version. Well, certainly the one that stuck around the longest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Internet Explorer 6 had a slightly updated design that more closely matched the Luna system theme on Windows XP. It also had a slightly better rendering engine that supported some newer CSS features, such as min height and word spacing. Crazy stuff here. Um, but it actually scored lower on the ACID-3 web standards test than Internet Explorer 5.5, so that's cool. Also, Internet Explorer 6 dropped support for Windows 95, so anyone still using 95 could not get this version, and it was never released for the Mac. I, th I think we talked about this in the last episode, but IE5 was a huge upgrade for the Mac browser, and it was also the last one. This was around the point where that original contract with Apple to include IE was getting close to expiring if it hadn't already, and Apple was developing Safari as a replacement. So I'm going to read a CNET's review of Internet Explorer 6 from the time. They said, quote, At the height of the browser war between Microsoft and Netscape, the competing companies released new browser versions one after another. Recently, however, the war has been downgraded to a minor skirmish. Almost a year after Netscape released version 6 of its browser, Microsoft finally released Internet Explorer 6, both alone and as part of Windows XP. Unlike Netscape 6, however, and its latest update, Netscape 7.1, IE6 didn't turn out to be a complete overhaul. This incremental upgrade offers just enough new gizmos, including improved privacy features, to keep an IE user from switching to Netscape, but its interface remains relatively unchanged. Just about the only reason we can figure that IE6 even deserves the full 6 version number is its release in conjunction with Windows XP. For those of you not upgrading to Windows XP, whether you run IE 5.x or Netscape 6.x, there's no need to rush for this download. Quote. Not the highest review. No, and it's... It's so interesting because when you look at almost any market that's suffering from like a monopoly or a near monopoly, the market leader not innovating as fast is like a really key indicator here. And Microsoft's just kind of, they're kind of good. They don't need to try all that much anymore. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a little bit one of those things where at the time uh there was there was kind of this split where some people were still sort of passing off the narrative that the internet was uh 
I don't want to say a fad, but that maybe web browsers were not necessarily going to be the thing that took over. Obviously, that that would be an insane thing to say, but that's that was still a thing everyone was or not everyone, but there there was still a fairly good percentage of people who believed web browsers were kind of going to be a thing that got pushed off to the side and native applications or uh, various other protocols would come in and kind of replace that someday. I can kind of see how that may have been a factor in thinking, but it also is kind of crazy to think, sure, here's a thing that has obviously grown pretty important. Let's just not try that hard. Yeah, like there was other parts of Windows <coughs> XP that um, leaned very heavily into other internet stuff, like uh, Windows Media Player was also a big deal, which had like streaming and radio stuff built into it. So Microsoft was still like doing internet stuff that wasn't Internet Explorer, but yeah, it's it's clear like they didn't they they didn't need to try as much anymore. Plus, they were still peddling the ActiveX as a solution. Yeah. So a few months later, the Justice Department proposed a settlement with Microsoft. The settlement was led by Judge Colleen Kohler Cotelli. I'm probably pronouncing some of that wrong. I'm sorry. She had overseen the antitrust lawsuit after Judge Jackson was removed from the case. And the settlement said that Microsoft was required to stop restricting PC makers from working with other software developers, which was also called exclusive dealing. Microsoft also had to provide some Windows APIs to other companies. So like there was some stuff at Internet Explorer and maybe other applications that relied on undocumented APIs that other software couldn't really use. They were supposed to not do that anymore or to the same extent they couldn't. Do <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's still going to happen. But the settlement didn't impose any significant restrictions on Windows or Internet Explorer, which made Microsoft's competitors unhappy. They were not thrilled about that. Um, initially, there were nine U.S. states that didn't agree with the settlement, which were California, Connecticut, Florida, Iowa, Kansas, Massachusetts, Minnesota, West Virginia, and Utah, along with the District of Columbia, which is Washington, D.C. So there was more disagreement still after that settlement. But on June 30th of 2004, the D.C. Circuit Court approved the settlement, rejecting the state's claims. So... That's it. We did a boys antitrust <laughs> solved. <laughs> yeah, basically nothing happened, but uh, success. I know it's it's crazy that absolutely nothing happened. Like the, there were almost no penalties for any of this or any change that had to happen. It was just so watered down. Well, for one, yeah, it is a little insane to think that that you can spend that much time over one thing and basically be found guilty and like that much time equates to basically nothing happening on the other hand that is also exactly how our legal system works now i mean we we have basically just reached the point of saying as long as you can win one time after multiple appeals you're in the clear in a sense like you can even win just on procedural points and it it absolves you of pretty much anything. So yeah, Microsoft was going to was going to come out okay eventually anyway. Yeah. 
I'll read uh, one little snippet from the uh, judge who said, quote, The monopoly in this case was not found to have been illegally acquired, but only to have been illegally maintained. Therefore, rather than the termination of the monopoly, the proper objective of the remedy in this case is termination of the exclusionary acts and practices related thereto, which serve to illegally maintain the monopoly. Quote. Which... I mean, that's... It, I, I get why that's uh, maybe a little off-putting, but that's also technically kind of fair. I, I guess my, my issue with this is the damage is done. Like, the market will not self-correct itself when you just remove the the factors that led IE, right? Like, it can still be exactly. bundled with Windows. It already killed Netscape, mostly because of the bundling, but also just because, um, as, as we've said in previous episodes, like, Microsoft just had insane resources that Netscape did not have because Microsoft was a much larger company that could subsidize all of this with Windows sales and Office sales and everything else they were doing. You know, you would think that because the market is not going to correct itself, you would have to do something more drastic, like break up Microsoft or at least make some new rules about how it can be bundled. And none of that happened. So I, not to turn this into what will effectively be a legal podcast. <laughs> we're already it's already true crime podcast. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we're already halfway there. I, on the one side, you would have to. I'm sure an argument could be made for uh, consider whether or not the market is even corrected if you broke up the monopoly. Uh, Because in practical terms, yes, eventually it would be, but you could have broken this up at that stage. And would it have mattered? Netscape was already basically doomed. This is why so often now we have in court cases... Somebody will file for an injunction right from the start. Because consider, if they had actually, just imagine for a second, obviously this could never happen, but imagine if all of this stuff could have happened in a matter of a couple of months instead of taking years. It would have it would have helped Netscape have a fighting chance. But by virtue of how long it takes for these cases to go through the courts, Microsoft wasn't going to be told not to do this stuff until until the point where the the damage was done there was no coming back that's that's where the market was at no nothing and nobody was really going to change that even if they gave a huge payout to netscape it wasn't going to suddenly make netscape popular again yeah and to that point by october of 2002 internet explorer controlled 94.9 percent of the browser market with ie6 alone accounting for 52.3 percent so like the market was ie so i i wanted to end this episode with maybe like a a a fun theoretical because i think this is really interesting to think about is one of the proposed decisions was for windows to become its own company and then everything under microsoft would be a different company so there would be a windows company and then just microsoft so i want to ask you how do you think that would have panned out like do you think a windows company 
would have been successful? How would it have like been different than what what we've been used to? This this question almost deserves its own episode. Um but uh we we have so much knowledge coming through the last 20 years that that kind of indicates that would have been really a comp- or it the windows part would have probably actually performed really well obviously windows made plenty of money over the years uh and depending on how anti-competitive they continued to be with uh, sort of like the practices of saying, hey, if you're if you're building computers and you're going to put windows on any of them, you're going to have to put it on all of them or you're going to have to pay us no matter what, that sort of stuff. If they kept practices like that, who knows how that would have gone. But where I think that gets interesting is now it, where you've got Microsoft basically handing out free Windows upgrades for a like a really long time after the version comes out. Uh, you've got their largest competitor-ish, uh, Apple, who just now actively does free free upgrades of all of their OS versions. All of these things have changed, and the reality is people mostly don't want to pay for an operating system anymore. Obviously, a lot would have changed over 20 years, and I'm sure that they would have diversified beyond just selling Windows uh, if this was supposed to be a separate company. And by now, I'm sure one of the two companies would have found some legal way to buy up the the parts that had been forcibly separated anyway. You know, it's kind of like how the carriers got split up. Right. Like <laughs> you know. AT&T coming back together, all the all the standard oil companies coming back together. Yeah, there's anytime you split up companies, if you don't have a regular regulator sitting there saying, all right, we're going to stop each and every one of these parts from rejoining someday. If you don't have that happening and it never happens, it's going to just happen again. They're always going to come back together. Uh, The only the only and that sometimes is kind of okay or theoretically it could sometimes be okay it just hasn't worked out that way ever before but uh in theory it could be okay just because by then competitors could come into existence and those competitors could uh take that time and opportunity to be to cement themselves into their own location but again that never happens um anyway yeah microsoft if Windows itself, like if that was its own product and they had to diversify somehow without crossing over into the realms of the other Microsoft products, which they would have lost in, which is kind of the key thing there. Uh, like, how do you enter a market where the other product is already so popular and successful against the company that is basically your former part? It's never going to happen. Like, they never would have done that because they know someday they would get to rejoin. So, yeah, I don't think that would have really... I don't think it would have changed much. The interesting question is how would that have affected the other products? The only other really successful product at the time was Office. Microsoft only really sold Windows and Office in 
appreciable high high volume numbers. And honestly, I think Office would have done fine too. If they had split the company just down that line where it was operating system on one side and all other products on the other side, it probably would have done okay. I don't think that that's probably one of the few times when talking about splitting a tech company would have actually gone totally fine. You know, it'd be it'd be harder to do something like that with, let's say, Google or I suppose you could do it with Apple. It wouldn't be too insane to try to split parts of Apple, but imagine one part getting the iPhone and the other part getting anything else. Yeah, I'm I that for me, this depends a lot on what the Windows company would have been allowed to do. Because if yeah. their if their only product is Windows, I think I agree with you that that would have been fine for a while because they had money from upgrades, they had money coming in from PCs that were bundled with Windows, and they had support contracts with companies and governments and everyone else. So they had a they had a ton of money coming in. But if we follow the same timeline of people becoming more annoyed with paid upgrades and they just stay on windows xp for forever then that could be a problem Mm -hmm. if we're in roughly the same timeline as the real timeline then eventually we would have hit in like the 2010s the like tablet era where windows famously did terribly (laughs) yeah so they would have had a real decline there and then finally when we get to like the late 2010s when we start to get into this place of where we are now, where everything is vertical integration at companies like Microsoft and Apple, where the op- you get in with the operating system, but then like when you look at Windows 11, it has uh, search placement and advertisements from Bing. It has product placements for Office in some of the settings and apps. If the Windows company couldn't do that, then I think that that might be where it collapses definitely if this was like a publicly traded company right because like theoretically the windows company could just continue forever just be a smaller player if something bigger came along but if it's publicly traded and then it hits a maximum of where it can grow because like eventually everyone has a pc Mm -hmm. then you get to a point of like okay we can't do five percent growth anymore (laughs) because we've just hit this cap and then I think they they start to collapse because like, you know, Microsoft now they have Windows making money. They have Office, they have Xbox, they have all this other stuff. And if the Windows company couldn't do any of that, then probably would have eventually withered away. So first off, there are a couple of there are a couple of takeaways here. Uh, first off, I think it just has to be acknowledged. Xbox came out at the tail end of 2001 yeah it on in november so it it poses a fun question of which side of the divide the xbox would land on Mm. (laughs) because if it joined the operating system side and that actually would have made some sense yeah because it was it was windows ce it was running on yeah so yeah it would have made a lot of sense for the windows side to end up taking the xbox The other interesting thing when you consider it, if Microsoft was in a position where they had, or sorry, if the Windows side is in a position 
where they're not building an operating system that sort of caters to their own software, they might have done more as the Windows company it to to sort of work with other software developers. Yeah, definitely a, a core component of this is who gets Xbox and also who gets Zune, because <laughs> that could be a, a death blow for which if, if that was like just one of the companies that might have been a bigger problem. Um, Zune and the the later phone project. Oh, Ken, who gets Ken? That was that was like they lost a billion dollars on that. Yeah, but Ken was so far down the line. Yeah, I, I don't. It didn't even start by the time this happened. Yeah, like if I'm if I'm trying to like alternate history, this uh, I really don't see. Like we almost have to make up a completely imaginary land for this to be a world where the two Microsoft companies don't merge back together like five years later. <laughs> <laughs> like it's that because that, that's what happened with everyone else. Yeah, I I'm sure it would have taken a little more than five years. But yeah, you know, certainly there is no question in my mind. It would have been a, just a little while. It would have been maybe a decade later. Yeah. And what probably would have happened is they would have they would have worked a deal so that uh, like parts of the parts of the company that mattered would have been, you know, quote unquote, sold off to some other company. Then that company would have been bought by the larger of the two Microsoft remains and that, you know, they would have just maneuvered a way around it so that they still had everything in one house eventually. Either that or they would have they would have done sort of like a co-management deal where uh behind closed doors one person's in charge of the whole thing but they still technically remain two separate companies and they just work together unofficially yeah. for for all of future yeah so that's that's interesting to think about so we'll leave it there for now and um cody why don't you plug something oh i i don't know what to plug yes come find me on mastodon yeah, that that's pretty much it. You have to come follow me. Yeah, <laughs> that's a requirement. You can also follow Tech Tales on Mastodon at techtales at mas.to. We're also on Twitter for as long as that continues working at Tech Tales Show. Uh, the links for those are in the show notes. Also in the show notes are all of the sources we've used in this episode. I'm not just making all of this up. I promise this all really happened. And there are links to support the show if you if you like it, if you want to do that. You can also just keep listening and not do anything. And I also appreciate that. And there is an official subreddit at r slash podcast where you can discuss episodes. And thank you for listening. And we'll be back in your podcast feed soon. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>